There we go. All right. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of Relic, a classic paintball podcast. I'm your host, Tori Shrum, and today we've got Chad Rule from teams like Lockout and Revolution, because I'm finding out that everybody was on Revolution and uh, All-Americans, too, and uh, even more than that. So let's have a conversation, bud. How you doing? Doing great. All right. So let's uh, let's start off with uh, where you're from, man. Um, actually I'm from like probably the smallest little town in Michigan that you could ever imagine. Um, probably two hours away from anything. Oh, and it just turns out that at that time I started playing Michigan was like hotbed of hotbed of paintball. Yeah. Caesar, Caesar kind of, was it Caesar that made everything happen in Michigan at the time or was there something that happened before, before Caesar, do you know? actually when when i when i was i started playing when i was 15 16 years old bunch of friends in high school and then after that happened i started playing in the mpa uh michigan paintball association um and what what year was this before we get too far down this rabbit hole i i wish i could remember years now um but the mpa actually the mpa was like probably even before I first started playing because uh, the Kalamazoo Colonial Marines, which is where um, Brad Waterman would have came from. Oh, dang. Okay. Um, and uh, with the Caesar, I don't know, but like, I think it was Lightning Force at the time. Um, Troy Radcliffe and Fatal Company. Um, uh whatever was going to become aftershock because uh what was it lords uh, of discipline before that right noblet uh dang it i and I, i'm gonna forget their names and i was trying to remember them earlier it was it uh, spud noblet, and gary uh, yep uh dino yario those guys oh yeah and i think they were part of like some of them come from thunderstruck too yeah yeah the more the more the you old, guys are- the old thunderstruck not whatever it became yeah the more of you guys i talk to the more a lot of these are coming together and i'm starting to get the picture of like where certain teams were at and who was in that group at the time yeah so but that was that was you know geez if i was playing then and started playing in the mpa at uh uh 1994 ish maybe okay um that's the year i started playing <laughs> well that's the year i started playing competitively okay so and i played for like probably the worst team in the whole mpa and that would have been like uh evil horde and it was just a bunch of you know people that played paintball in their woods and they loved it and semi-autos came out and they're like we can do this and <laughs> you know I got to play with them and that kind of like getting the shit kicked out of you. I don't know if I can swear. I don't know if that's cool. Let it rip. (laughs) Getting the shit kicked out of you helps you learn so much. Uh, Later in life, it didn't help us in the X-Ball when I was playing (laughs) Thunder um, at all. So, you know, growing up through that, getting the crap kicked out of us 
uh, in a 10 man format was, was the greatest learning curve I've ever got. And I got to like basically hone my skills and then go play, you know, like kind of, I was asked by other teams to go to other tournaments like uh, Guns and Navarone, GOP out of uh, uh, Kalamazoo area. I got to play with them at some places and other, you know, other teams at places I wouldn't have got to play with if I continued to play with the people that I began playing with. So yeah. kind of branched out there. Sometimes that's what it takes. Uh, what kind of, what was, what was your first, like him? Okay. So we'll make this a two part. So what made you want to play competitively instead of just woods ball or not woods ball, but rec ball rather. Um, this is a hard question for me because in my nature, I'm not competitive, mm -hmm. but I also hate to lose. So it, it, for me, it's, it, it's, it's really is a conundrum because I just want to, if I'm going to do something, I don't want to suck at it. I don't have to be the best, but. <laughs> it feeling if, you 100%, man. Like if, if, if I can, you know, if I can go out and I used to practice during the week, just myself and uh, Justin Meese. Mm -hmm. um, he played, went on to play with the uh, method, uh, atomics, um, and he lived real close and we would go out and just beat the shit out of each other. Um, one-on-one -on -one. and, you know, we, we, our snapping skills and all that stuff in a 10 man era, not today's snapping. Yeah. Skill. Yeah. You know, there's it's a little, two, two completely different schools to to be a part of yeah so i didn't set out to do it it just kind of came to me and it was all of a sudden fun yeah i i can understand that you just do enough of something at some point you're like okay i'll do this you know and, and, and i enjoy it yeah Been um, there. um what was your first gun that you used in competition uh, when you say competition, I'm, I'm, I get, when I started playing tournaments, it was probably either the, an autocock or an automag. Okay. I mean, that was, it was 50, 50 back then. Yeah. Yeah. Competitively not, now my first, my first real gun was, uh, 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 60H special. Nice. Well, I mean, so, it's like 94 is right about the time that Spider came out. But at the same time, like right before Spider came out, people were using like VM68s. Yeah. Uh, like the, what was the, the Montiel Zs? Is that right? I mean, I'll probably screw oh, that up. I was going to say, yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I think I had a conversation with Kevin Donaldson about, <laughs> about the Icon Z. Oh, the Icon Z. Yeah. They could like run off a of liquid CO2 back in the yeah. day, I think was like a big thing about it. But yeah, I know that like a lot of people were 
it's like we're using those right on the cusp of like when spiders came out and then it just got to the point where if you were going to compete everybody used like an autococker or automag there was a few like og shockers out there things like that somebody'd bring a ring maker just long enough for us to make fun of them kind of thing yeah 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 that whole yeah when they when when all those other goofy guns started coming out that's when it was kind of like you know like uh yeah um i really hope we don't get sponsored by brass eagle because i don't want to use ring maker <laughs> well it's what was it uh God, what was it like 96 or 97 they became the american distributor for angel and everybody's like oh it's another electric gun and then it turned out to become like yeah you know like, like the foundation of competitive paintball for a long time yeah i think i i shot an angel at one point and well i had one i, I probably only played like maybe a couple tournaments with it I think like the before they really took off i think the only two teams i saw use them uh i think jeff gallatin had a video of like i think bad company using one like a 98 in chicago and then i think uh as a matter of fact i think there's a video of like you guys in like 97 or 98 in pittsburgh and someone's got like this big drop forward on a uh on an angel uh back when lockout was wearing like scott goggles and stuff like that yeah probably the best goggles out there if they would have kept them around. So they were they were my first pair of goggles before before the Spectres came out. And at the time, I'm like, they just kind of do everything you need them to. Like they're not super flashy. They cover all the good stuff. They got a pretty decent field of view, you know. And uh, yeah, I mean, I liked them, and I hate that Scott kind of went to the wayside because they were. The, yeah. I think they were the first company to come out with like the clear mask too, before yeah. JT started doing their stuff. Bunker Kings just came out with a. Uh, with their uh, clear CMD. I don't know if you saw that or not. I, I have. Like, I don't know if it's a gimmick. Now, like, no. You know, I got a brand new, I don't know, Planet Eclipse, whatever, sitting in my closet that's never been used because I bought it all right before um, this whole world went to shit. Oh, yeah. And, and I was just like, you know, when I go to play again, my bottle's going to be expired because we've been, you know, shut down. <laughs> yeah, man, I get it. Uh, oh man. Okay. So we talked about where you came from, how you got into uh, paintball, how you liked it. Um, here's a question I like to ask a lot of people because back in the day and even now, uh, like people talk about, you know, you listen to these interviews and people talk like for a lot of people that play X-Ball right now, uh, talk about like, oh, I grinded with this team and then I grinded with this team and then I grinded with this team and then I finally made pro and that's that's all good, except that there's probably some 14 year old kid in a tiny town in Michigan in the middle of nowhere trying to figure out how to become pro and how the hell do you pay for it? So the question I ask people is, how did you pay or how did you afford to be able to play at the level that you did for so long? I mean, if it's super personal, you want to talk about it, that's also cool too. But it's, I just like to ask because there's probably some kid out there somewhere that wants to do this and has no idea how or, or, um, you know, wants to, to know what the next step would be. Um, mine was a really, uh, I've led a blessed life. I, you know, I, I get to, I get to tell my brother this, my sister, this, and my dad, this, my mom, this, that. You know, we, we were just a product of, um, you know, our upbringing was, 
you know, my parents always did everything that they wanted to, to the best that they could. And I appreciate that because I got to, I got to live my life like that. Mm -hmm. You know, my little brother, uh, my little brother races sprint cars and he's like, oh, wow. he's, you know, he gets to travel and do that, you know, kind of does, you know, kind of makes me happy and proud because, you know, I got to do that. And then my sister, on the other hand, is a complete genius and gets to do all these things where I, I'd never be able to do because, you know, it's ambition and intelligence and, <laughs> you know, I mine, I'm a couple rungs under the ladder with her. So, but, you know, I, when we get together, I'm just like so proud and so happy that I got to come from that family that got to actually push you and encourage you to do that stuff okay it didn't help that um enable to do all this it costs money and at that time i was very fortunate and blessed and um i'm a member of the saginaw chippewa tribe and they were very i'm very fortunate to have had an income coming from them to let me travel everywhere that I got to. Oh, cool. Okay. So it's, it's, it's just, just being very blessed. And, you know, when I was traveling with other people, they were just like, yeah, we just do it. We like it. And, you know, our, our bosses say, yeah, that's cool. You know, you know, take, you know, all these, all this time off and they would just take the time off and we would all just go out and play. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a weird circumstance, but no, that's, I mean, how, it's, that's what afforded me to play. I mm -hmm. was just lucky. What's, well, I mean, everybody's got a different story and that's part of why I'm, you know, I'm, I'm doing this and it, like to hear stories of a, you know, a lot of the teams from back in the day are just uh, in general about, you know, everybody's got a different story. And so, yeah, like I can probably say that five more times and it comes out the same way every time, no matter how I, I try to say it. Yeah. Luke and Dan and Paul, you know, they delivered pizzas and shitty cars to afford to go play paintball. And then later in life, they had, you know, Ethan at free flow being like, hey, yeah, we'll just fly you wherever. Nice. Who would say no to that? <laughs> All right. So uh, speaking of everybody, uh, let's hear the roster. So let's talk about the teams that you've been on. I kind of gave you, uh, like when we were talking earlier, um, yeah, it was, you know, I, I remember one of my first tournaments, really big tournaments was going to um, – Forrest Brown's, uh, he had a five-man outside of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Like, this is back in the woods, back in his first field, and I forget what it is. It's been that long ago. Um, and I played with Guns of Paradise there. Um, and then, geez, there's been quite a few other teams, but I remember going to, I was playing with some local guys 
from Battle Creek, Michigan, which has Excalibur Paintball, Michael Knight, Aces, something or other. They played kind of that 10 man towards the end there. Mm -hmm. And I played with a couple of guys of them at an APL event. I don't know if you remember those. Mm, They used to travel around five man. um, And that's kind of where um, Fusion was playing and, or not playing, they were refing the tournament. And Troy Radcliffe, he was like, I know I knew him and he was just kind of, um, hey, why don't you watch these guys play? And I was just like, oh, okay. And that's where I was playing with uh, Jamie Wright and uh, Jamie Wright and Dan Clark, a couple other guys, a guy that invented straight shot squeegees. Um, we were playing there and they just kind of looked at me and then that's kind of how I got onto that whole situation. Okay. Um, with fusion and you know and that started to groom me towards being um noticed a little bit more other places okay so about what year was that with uh with fusion well i have a an awesome first year with a lot of teams uh I want to say it was 99. No, it was 98. Okay. Uh, it was before 98 because in 98, um, we went down to world cup and one world cup with fusion, but okay. that's when everybody else left. Uh, yep. The Fowles, the um, Lemanskis, Posey, you know, all of them had left and we were just kind of. Uh, and that's when, and that's when revolution formed, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, it was in the process. Okay. Yeah, I was because talking to... Uh, I forget what year I played with Revolution at World Cup. Well, it's like I talked to uh, I talked to Roland, and then I talked to, like, Andy, and then uh, all those guys, and they're like, oh, yeah, I was on Revolution, too. And I was... How did I not know this? But I was, uh, I was talking to him about it, like, as a kid. You know, I remember, like, you would either have to wait until a PGI or a paintball sports or a PCRI would come out before you could figure out who won what. Or um, I remember looking at war pig cause that was like the one that would have yeah. like the most up-to-date, you know, whoever won. And I remember in 98, I'm like, hmm, who's revolution? Like, where did they come from? But they just started like just smashing down everybody. And then they went away just as fast yeah. as they showed up. So it was 98. Then I would have played with revolution. Okay. I remember playing world cup with them and then maybe it I don't know that that's so weird because I I'm pretty sure 2000 is when I started playing with lockout. You know, hold on, hold on. Let me break this out. I got a, I got a buddy that has a page that has a like more pig. You can go back and look at some of this stuff. Um, yeah, where's it at here? I know this is super professional while I'm like scrolling on my phone while I'm talking to you. Um, one of my buddies and, North Carolina has a page that is uh, all it is, is just old, old scores. That's it. And it's just text, like nothing flashy. It's like a complete labor of love. And I'm trying to find it here. But uh, once I figure out where it's at under all these messages, I could probably figure out who, uh, what year, who won what. This is killing me. Yeah. That's 
because I'm thinking when we when I played with Revolution, I remember being at World Cup. But then I think things happened after Skyball that I was let go from. Oh, Skyball, bringing me back. Second place. Oof, rough. Lost to Ground Zero. And I try to keep my mouth shut about that because that's <laughs> the, only, the only time I ever was brought to tears losing a tournament. Because God, I, I can't even imagine. Yeah. But it was a fun time. All right. So this is Scott Wasaki. He's one of the he's one of the OGs down in North Carolina. And it's uh classicscores.com, actually. Shameless plug for this guy. He's he's it's it's like a family down there. Let's see what he's got here for. Let's see here. What year? 98, right? So we'll click on 98 and see who won what. Yeah, it's just, a, I don't know if you can see it. It's just like a plain, yeah, there you go. Just plain text. Oh, there you go. Sorry. It was almost coming in. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, not coming in. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Great Western Series, International Amateur Open. Here we go, MPPL. Uh, Chicago, 98. My bad. Fusion. Nope. Wait, hold on. Pro, nope. Revolution. Yep. Revolution won first place. Pro, Tin Man. Chicago. Second place, All-Americans. Third, Bob Long's Iron Man. What a shitty situation for Bob back in the day. Uh, and then uh, Lockout was number four. Yeah. Oh, so that was the year they went pro. The first year they went pro. Yeah, because I think they, what was it? They, they swept, I think, Amateur oh. A in 97 made everybody look bad yeah and then they and then they came in as pro in 98 and then started just smashing dudes as pros but the so here's the thing man like i am an og like lockout fanboy that i loved these dudes that rolled in with these long sleeve black cotton t-shirts with scott goggles and like nothing to prove other than to just beat the shit out of other teams i absolutely loved everything about them and you couldn't tell that you know, and somebody watching this will take offense to this, but lockout wasn't all those pretty boys that you saw in the magazines. And that's what I loved about them, man. They were just these gritty, like bloody knuckle dudes that had timber ghost pants with the, yeah. nobody knew what timber ghost was until these guys were wearing them. Timber ghost pants and just like black cotton long sleeve t-shirts, which I'm sure uh, I went to World Cup in like 99 and I couldn't imagine like wearing long sleeve black cotton t-shirts back then, but they did it. Yeah, I was gonna say 99 I was playing with all these too. Oh, okay. And like and here's here's another thing that happened. I think it was our last game, and I didn't know this was happening at the time, but on the sidelines was Wally Donner, Troy Radcliffe, a couple other people watching our game. Oh, geez. No and pressure. I didn't know it. So I didn't, you know, <laughs> it wasn't no big deal to me. Yeah. And come to find out they were, they were just there to watch somebody. And that was me. Nice. And I had the probably the best shittiest game I've ever had. So we break out, you know, I get to like, I forget what field it was on. One of those uh, torpedoes on the side. Mm -hmm. 
I wrap out the backside to the center of the field and I've got one of my players sees me and shoots me in the fucking face. Oh, dude. And I'm just, I get up and I am so mad. Yeah, like, I've never been so mad and I've never been so done with a team. Oh, I take this big four by four shocker with like what seemed to be like a 20 inch barrel yeah, and a, like a 88 cubic inch tank, spike it into the ground and walk off the field. I don't think I even went to the dead box. I don't think I did anything. I just, <laughs> and so I was, is this uh... right in front of the people that are going to want me to play for them next year. Oh no. So was that uh, was that all A's two with like two E and and Karen Barber or was uh, no, was, was Steve playing for all A's, all A's one with uh, bump? Well, both bumps. Um, actually, uh, Dan Clark and Jamie Wright went with me there. You okay. know, so they kind of followed me up. You know, to a certain point, yeah. which was awesome because I got to play with my friends. Always um, a plus. Yeah. But uh, I remember Tui, Graham, yep. Bumps, and there were a couple other people, but, you know, those were the main ones that had been there for a while. Mm-hmm. And it was a fun team to play for. And if you know anything about playing for the Gardeners, everything was taken care of. Uh, I, I don't, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> It, I, I do know that that was a transition time, like right when they were really starting to just oh be like the cutting edge of like uh recent, like R and D. Like I knew like that's like the finishes were per- were amazing on their products. I knew that like the four by fours that had the original turbo that nobody knew about ramping yeah. things like that, like all that jazz. Did you run? Did you run CO two or compressed air on your shocker, or both? The truth be told. For the most part of me playing with the All A's too, up until World World Cup, I played with uh, a cocker I got from Ethan. Oh yeah, nice. Yep. I thought everybody on those teams had to run Evolutions because that was uh, they were what the Bell Sales like uh, American distributor, right? They wouldn't give us them. Really? They oh. wanted to shoot shockers. Makes sense, I guess. But I mean, hey, you use what you got, man. Yep. So I had to play with a shocker for one tournament. That you later on spiked into yeah, the ground. I just, uh, yeah. <laughs> I left nice. Okay, man. Uh, yeah, I'm getting like lost in the sauce here on a on questions I, know, I normally have. Like, we went to kind of a non-linear thing where uh, it's just all getting all wobbly. Yeah, I mean, but as there's a lot of history. There's so so much of that initial history that we're talking about that really kind of sprung into like the late 90s early 2000s that a lot of people talk about as yeah. far as being like the heyday of it but like all of this was all of this was building up to that point like it was like i think 99 was the last year they had the world cup had a wooded field i think that's right it wasn't the last one that had a wooded field but it was the last world cup with a wooded field and then like that's really what steamrolled into like straight concept fields yeah. And uh, ultimately, just airball. But we're we're trying to come back from that, trying to remedy that. Yeah, and I would like to get out and do that, but I really have like, like I love the sport, but 
I grew up during the golden age of paintball. Yeah. Where sadly to say sponsors just threw money at you and you were, you know, you, when they started, when I forget what teams were going over to lose to play, you know, in France. And I was like, you know, that was a, always a goal of mine. I was like, man, that would be so awesome to go overseas and, you know, play those tournaments. And once I started playing with lockout, like for some odd reason, money just kept coming in and they're like, Hey, you want to go to this tournament? You want to go to this tournament? And we're like, yeah, (laughs) we went to London so many times that when we'd go into the city, you know, we could walk wherever we wanted to, you know, you weren't looking at a map. You're just like, Oh yeah, we can go here. Nice. And yeah. And I also, uh, Eric Garbers was a good friend of mine and I forgot to mention that was another team that I played for was Tipman effect. There we go. (laughs) You know, that's where, you know, I played with uh, microwave and, you know, like, I don't know what he was like when he was younger, man, but like every, every interaction I've had with that guy has been solid. Oh, he was a good kid all the way back then. Nice. It's good to see people don't change. He may have been a little young and we were in Denver. I was playing for Tipman. We may have went out to a player's party. He got in and we just, you know, had fun that whole night. Yeah, he was a little young. And for some odd reason, we got back to the uh, rental car and pretty much kind of destroyed it. And... (laughs) We went to the, we went, we went to the, we woke up and we're like, oh shit, we got to be at the airport. Our flight leaves like almost, you know, now. Yeah. But then when you wreck a rental car, you have to explain a lot of things to the rental company. Yeah. And we missed our flight by like them just pulling out Uh, minutes before. And we had to spend eight hours in that Denver airport. Oh, geez. But yeah, it was my fault. This thing got destroyed. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's that's also the the stories that you know a lot of the, a lot of people don't have anymore. It's a lot of it's now. Hey, we're gonna and I will say every every time that I'm not trying to take away from anything that X ball teams do because it is a lot more <laughs> like a sport. But it is night and day from what you and I grew up with to what they're doing now because they'll do a layout and then they'll play it for weeks and then they'll go and they'll walk the field again and then they'll play their two games and then they'll go back to the hotel and they'll try to recover and whatever else back in 10 man days it was we're going to get off the field we're going to drink until our liver fails and then we're going to go and you know play some more the next day and hopefully don't die on the way home i mean not that that's not that that's really like a blueprint for most people to follow i'm just saying that was it wasn't it was not unheard of it was not unheard of. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no. It, now you got me thinking about it, like, oh man, I remember a night in Gettysburg when, like, was it Gettysburg or Nash Nashville? I don't know. Either one. But yeah, the whole the whole hotel was all players, and that's not a good place to be. That's true. That does some you know the. I guess I don't know if Gettysburg would be that way. I know that uh, Nima Colon would be that way because of where it's at, but maybe I don't know. Yeah, but Nima Colon's on the other side of the state. 
And then, uh, yeah, I, before I started playing with the, the lockout guys, I remember down at World Cup, we, we, tournament's done. We go eat something and the lockout guys are there. And, you know, they, they're all East Coast. They know, everybody knows everybody out there. They played and, you know, I'm just kind of like, okay, you know. And one of the bumps rolls down the window and is talking to, I don't <laughs> I don't know who it was. It was definitely one of the lockouts because at that point I really only, you know, looked at them in magazines and, you know, did yeah. that fanboy shit. <laughs> but here comes this fucking, this, uh, <laughs> here comes this styrofoam container of spaghetti. <laughs> fucking smacks one of the bumps in the face <laughs> and, then, and then everybody is laughing <laughs> except for except for the one that got smacked in the face with it and i can't remember who it was but oh chris or john but it was just hilarious and we were in that big gay uh i don't know if you can say gay anymore that big fruity uh uh ollie's two uh three door or six door uh all A's wagon. Uh, was it the pickup with the camper on top? Yes. Okay. I've heard stories about that thing, but yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, geez. So what's the, uh, what's the most recent event you played? Um, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, the Atlantic open a few years back. Okay. I played, uh, I started playing with a pump gun because that kind of was like full circle for me. Okay. It was, I don't, it was slow enough for me to enjoy it again and complicated enough for me to enjoy it again. Okay. What kind of pump was it? Do you remember? Um, uh, well, it's a it. It started out as a sniper, Empire sniper. Okay. But now I don't think there's, other than the grip, it's all inception <laughs> stuff. Okay. So, Simon makes good stuff, man. I, I'm, I can't oh, take it any away from that. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the gun is so smooth. I, I love playing with it. And so I'm know, here on a, um, I live in Southern Maryland now. It's just uh, whenever I got out of the Navy, like this is where I just kind of ended up finding a job and staying. And uh, I, I wish this area had, so there's a series out in California called PBSL and people that listen to the podcast are probably going to get tired of me talking about it, but they've got like a, uh, it's either you can play like 5.5 electro pump or semi, but you also have to have a gravity fed hopper and you can only have yeah. like X amount of ammo. And it's like you and three other guys you've never met or whatever, but I would love to, I would love to play a series like that with a pump. Yeah. Um, Jeremy Salm uh, is an hour south of me at the Plex. Mm -hmm. So I'm an hour north of the Plex. Okay. Uh, and he was doing a, like a, you know, random draw um, mechanical type series. Yeah. Before the whole COVID thing. And that's what I got my gun for was to go down there and do that. Oh, and then the world went to shit. Yeah. Everything gets shut down. Oh, I blame no. me buying that gun. Is that what it is? Yeah. All your fault. <laughs> yep, it's all my fault. 
Is that is that the only blaster you have now? Is uh, that pump? No, like I said, I have like uh, whatever Planet Eclipse uh, mechanical gun. Uh, like an Emac or uh, M170R or the, yeah, the 170 thing, I think. Okay, cool, cool. I've got, I run a, like like I said, man, I've got four kids and like three jobs. So the Emac it is for me, but that thing has just turned out to be amazing. Yeah, I, I, I've only shot it in the backyard. So, and that's one of the one things I'm going to look at is like, I, I do have, two paintball fields within like 45 minutes of me. So I, this year I plan on going out. So look for another lockdown. So, okay, cool. For sure. Do you know where, uh, do you know where you want to try to play? What's that? Do you know where you want to try to play? Like which series? Um, actually I I just kind of want to start. Well, the, uh, Rob Cole from, GRC, mm-hmm. uh, they're always like, like they kind of are doing like the lockout thing now, and they always ask me to go play, and I'm always like, yeah, yeah, I'll think about it, and then it doesn't sound like fun to me, and then I regret doing it, or I regret not doing it. Not doing it, it yeah. So, yeah, I'm just like, I'm in a. I'm in a spot where I'm just kicking myself for not doing things and I got to just get out of it. So yeah, you turn into an adult and you go to work and you, yeah. and... I'll tell you, man, there's the, the ICPLs so far for me have been an absolute blast. Uh, I did, I did manage to get to the ICC last year and that was, that was a lot of fun too. Uh, yeah. But ICPLs for me have been kind of like, you know, where it's at every now and then uh, I can talk my way into getting to go down to, uh, to play a three man in North Carolina. I lived there for like, seven years and that's kind of like i was there for the whole culmination of like everything that exploded in north carolina uh but i try to go down there for just three man just goof off every now and then just to get like some time alone but uh 10 man is uh is my bread and butter now but uh uh anyway moving on uh one question i do like to ask everybody is is there one that got away and by that we're all paintballers and i mean is there a gun you wish you never sold because we all have that one that was like, oh, if I'd only kept it. There's got to be something, man. If, you, if you're if you rolling with OG free flow products, there's got to be one out there that you wish you never dropped off. Uh, I don't know. I... I'm sorry. It was, it was professional paintball back then. My bad. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was. It was a free flow cocker from professional paintball. From professional paintball, yeah. God, I'm old. Um, I don't know. I, I guess I never had any real special attachment to a gun. Okay, I mean that's fair enough. I my I did have. I think it was a Millennium that worked. Fuck, it worked really good. And uh, one of my well, one of the former teammates that I played with, that whole old evil horde thing, mm-hmm. I just sold it to him and I was just like, yeah, it's an awesome gun. Here you go. You know, but that was at the time when electric guns were electric guns and they worked great and they, you know, did Back everything when- you wanted them to do. And that cocker, although, 
you know, probably had some pretty amazing kills on it. I was just it, like, it know, wasn't, I, it wasn't doing 25 ramping. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. So yeah, I guess I really don't have a, you know, a gun that I wish was still in my fold. Gotcha. Well, I'll congratulate you. Cause that's the first time I've ever heard that, but uh, I can, I can also dig it, man. I get it. So, yeah, they didn't hold any memories for me. Um, I kept those up here and <laughs> yeah, the, and the weird thing about the gun that about that gun was I was playing with all A's too. And I think the year before that I was playing with Caesar and he like Danny Love was making his cool ass beaver tails. Mm -hmm. And we were saying stuff to Caesar, you know, hey man, do you think you can talk to Danny to get us some of those for our guns? And of course Caesar's gonna say no. Yeah. You know, because he's like, didn't want, you know, yeah, why do I want Danny stuff on my gun when I make beaver tails too? Yeah, when I'm building super cockers, yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, fuck it. I'll go. I gotta watch my swearing. I, <laughs> it, it's if you look right here, it's a veteran militia jersey. So I got about 16 years so far under my belt, and it's just part of my language anymore, unfortunately. But an yeah. occupational byproduct. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I had <clears throat> at my dad's house. I'll make my own beaver tails. So I made a few of them. Ethan was like, "Hey, I like those." And then I think at Vegas one year, I gave him like a ton of them and he gave me that cocker that I later sold. So there's a little story behind that, that I only have, you know, I shouldn't say this. I only have minimal materials into that cocker. So like I said, you know, it, it, there's a story behind it, but that story, you know, is up here, not in my hands yeah i can dig it uh so uh you know we talked about you know a lot of the history and 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 teams and and people and uh you know future plans and things like that do you have any uh you have any shout outs or anybody that uh you know you haven't crossed paths with in a while that you, that you miss talking to uh well the one weird thing is is like you know, I played on Tim uh, teams with Tim, mm -hmm. you know, and Jason mm, were like hard pull know, right there, man. Yeah. You know, and I'm in contact with the people that I want to be in contact with. And if anybody ever wants to reach out to me, I'm here, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was, I was more than an opponent on the field. I was, you know, we all, we were all, that golden age was a big fraternity. That's the only way I can describe it. Yep. You were pro players, you know, granted when I was with uh, the years that I played with fusion, we, we would beat our pro teams almost guaranteed. And, you know, that was kind of people started noticing you and then you go to other teams and, you know, people noticed that you were going someplace else and, you know, had, you know, took that next step on that uh, ladder. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, that's, you know, that's how I got to get to the level that I was. And, you know, I, I just think for it, it's, is it that easy for anybody or was it that easy at that time if you had the time and the money to pursue it? Yeah. yeah. So I kind of got wobbly on that. No, that's fine, man. That's fine, man. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, do you have any sponsors that you, uh, from the past that you'd like to thank or uh, people that were, that were, that's what I'm looking for, pivotal, there's the word, uh, in, in getting you further up those rungs that you were just talking about? Yeah, uh, definitely. You know, I can't help but think that, um, you know, Eric Garbers has always helped me from the beginning. And um, he, he used to run the Action Enterprise in Toledo, which was, they advertised in the back of, uh, you know, APG and uh, Paintball Sports. Yep. And they were right next to me. So then I got to get, you know, I got to know those, those, all of them down there. And that's where I met Dan Clark, who later came and played with, you know, me on all these other teams, mm -hmm. same way with Amy Wright. Um, but yeah, Eric Garbers has always been, um, always like been a, a friend that if you ask him for a favor, he was going to do it for you. And, you know, and he kind of helped me, you know, grow up into, and then, you know, of course, you know, Caesar, you know, cause you, you, at that time he put together fusion, lost a bunch of people, mm, put yep. together fusion. We got to, I got to win a world cup. I was pretty excited about that. Um, and then, you know, probably like my greatest mentor and, you know, person I looked up to is Wally Donner because holy shit, like he, he's, he's just a dad of three that went out and played paintball and just, you know, proved that, you know, <laughs> Homer Simpson can win tournaments. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, I, would I mean, and that's, and that's such a 10 man thing though, too. Like you, people like guys that you just wouldn't expect yeah. to be like cornerstones of teams or just absolute anchors of teams. And, uh, you know, it turns out that that's what they are, but they're not, they're not out running wind sprints and stuff like that. Like, you yeah. know, people in the NXL yeah. are today. Uh, you know, those were great back players, you know, like, and you just, you, you know, you couldn't do what you wanted up front without those people in the back. Yeah. <laughs> so, I get it, man. All right. Uh, well, I'm going to bring this to an end. Thank you so much for your time, man. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope that someday maybe we can cross paths somewhere. If uh, you're going to go to a big event, please let me know. And I would, I would absolutely love to shake your hand. Um, it has been so refreshing to talk about some of the old school days. And uh, I don't, I don't mean anything by saying old school. It's just, you know, obviously it's what we've been talking about, but um yeah, it means a lot. And I like for people to hear the stories about all these things that, like I said, were what steamrolled and, and perpetuated to the, the golden era. As a lot of people talk about, this is like, this is what built it is, you know, all these teams and all these players that we're talking about. So thanks again for your time, man. I appreciate it. And it was great well, talking to you. And uh, thank you for the opportunity to do this because 
you know, it's like, like I said, I, I got to sit down with Kevin Donaldson in Chicago at one of the, uh, I forget what events, uh, Fight Club was there. Uh, God, mm-hmm. I can't remember it. But I got to sit down and talk with him and we talked about all this stuff and the day got away from us and it was just so much fun. And I, I got that very same vibe from you. So I appreciate it. Thank yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, man. I met him. Uh, I met him at ICC, and he was nothing but cool. Go, Kevin. Always. <laughs> All right, man. Well, until next time, have a good night. Thanks for thanks for being on the show, and uh, have a good one, brother. All right, thank you. Yep. Later, man. Bye. Now I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just end it here. everybody welcome to another episode of relic a classic paintball podcast i'm your host tori shrum today we sit down with chad rule of lockout please enjoy the show and uh leave some comments thanks this has been another episode of relic a classic paintball podcast i'm your host tori shrum thank you for listening look for more episodes in the future and godspeed